Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our next 633 event, the live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 4, 12 through 20, called Until Christ is Formed in You. The conforming that God wants to do in our life, if you turn back to Galatians, is a conforming both in death and resurrection as a type or a metaphor. Let me explain. When you come to know Christ, you have to die to the old ways of thinking, the old ways of life. You're crucified with Christ, Galatians 2. We just read it. To rise to a life that you could have never known in your own strength and power. Everybody with me? I've, I've written to uh, my own son and to other leaders, and I've said this about ministry. And I think this is true of the Christian life. You will know depths that few men and women will know. And you will know heights that few men and women will know when you serve Christ. Martin Lloyd-Jones, a famous preacher of the couple generations ago was uh, he preached he was a medical doctor who had become a Christian he had preached a sermon about a 45 50 minute message he sat down on the front row there was a young man who was very excited to hear you know Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones and kind of shadow him and and uh, you know learn from him and Jones preached the sermon and the young man was all excited and he said Dr. Jones how do you feel how do you feel how do you feel and the old doctor said tired <laughs> I'm tired. But how do you feel? This young man really wanted to know. And he said, son, how I feel is that what I just did is probably the closest that a man will ever get to giving birth. (laughs) Shocked the young man. But see, to be poured out in God's service is what Martin Lloyd-Jones was talking about. To deal with the spiritual reality of the spiritual battle. To deal with my flesh, the world, the devil. The closer you get to God, the more sinful you realize you are. Anybody get there, right? And you start to wrestle with my inward thoughts and what kind of man am I in the inward parts where God really sees me. Not how I can impress most of the people most of the time. That's not what this life is about. This life is about a surrender. This life is not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, Romans 12, 2, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Step back, brethren. What shapes our culture? What shapes the church culture right now? How do we define success? That Christ is being formed in the people here or the number of seats that we fill? See, the church has to step back and begin asking questions about what the goal of ministry actually is. And here's what it is. It's until Christ is formed in you and me. (laughs) Woo-wee. And he chisels away. And he chisels. 1 Peter 1.14 says, As obedient children, don't be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in in ignorance, 1 Peter 1.15, but like the Holy One who has called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, 
You shall be holy, for I, I am holy. The goal of the Christian life is to become like the Holy One, and we can see how far we have to go, right? And we see how patient He is with us, and how good He is, and how faithful He is. And so Paul says to the Corinthians, imitate me as I imitate Christ. The Christian life is about impartation and imitation. Let me explain. Before I can imitate my Father, I need the life of the Spirit in me. That's the impartation. He imparts life to me. And then my Christian life is also about imitation. I'm to become more like my Father, to whom I cry out, Abba, Father, we saw in Galatians 4. In Ephesians 5, 1, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you. Husbands, a little later in Ephesians, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. You see, when our kids are growing up, for those of you who maybe have older kids, they, and I have three boys, and and your boys, your girls, they will begin to model who you are. Isn't it amazing? For those of you who have uh, kids that are now growing up, their voice patterns are very similar to ours. Uh, married couples who have been married a long time, they say begin to look like each other. And we were just joking. We had a couple, uh, I had said this from the pulpit, and they would intentionally come in wearing matching sweaters just to mess with me. (laughs) In love, of course. See, we do look like each other. We're talking about influence. We're talking about we all want to spend more time with the Lord so we can become more like Him. Paul says in verse 13, Galatians 4, But you know that it was because of a bodily illness or ailment that I preached the gospel to you the first time. Isn't that interesting? You would think that Paul would say something like this. I got a vision. Go to Galatia, Paul, and preach the gospel to these people. Oh, how they need me. No. Paul was sick. And there's a couple major views. Some people believe that Paul was recuperating from persecution. Later in chapter 6, he'll say, I bear in my body the very brand marks of Christ. Paul had been beat up and beat up bad to be a spokesman for the gospel. So some people think he was recovering from persecution, maybe even being stoned or beaten. There are others that believe that the language to be closest to the language here is that Paul was recuperating from a physical sickness. He was sick. And so he came into town, and in his sickness, he preached the gospel. The New Living Translation says, Surely remember that I was sick when I first brought you the good news. That's so counter that culture and our culture. Because when someone's sick, here's my question. Do you want to listen to them? I mean, how many of you get enamored when you see a doctor and they're talking about the latest health uh, thing to make you healthy and strong? Oh, just get this supplement for $19.99. And you'll feel like you were this age again. Right? And, and the white coat's on and the doctor's looking healthy. He's like in his 50s. He barely got any gray hair. What's he doing? Coloring it. <laughs> yeah, but now I gotta get some of that stuff, right? 
And we get enamored with health and, and look, we all want to feel good, no doubt. But Paul says, look, when I came into town, I was recuperating. <laughs> I was sick. 2 Corinthians 12 says, concerning the thorn in Paul's flesh, I prayed three times that it might depart from me. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for power or my power is perfected in what? Weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses that the power of Christ may dwell in me. I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. There's a power in weakness, brethren. Oh, I know it's not the most attractive thing to our culture. But here's what the Lord knows about us. He knows that when we're not feeling our best, we lean into him a little bit more. Amen? He knows that when we're at the end of ourselves, when we feel like we have no strength, that's when we tend to cry out to God more. And so there is this reality of the Christian life that the Lord will allow us to go through some times where we're tapped out that we might lean into him. It's not my favorite subject. I'm teaching verse by verse through the book of Job right now. What preacher do you know would ever want to do that? And I had to pray about it multiple times and look for multiple confirmations. Because I know that the Lord wants me to live what I preach. I know that the Lord wants me to do more than just be an academic student of Scripture. I can do that. I've been doing this a long time. I can break down the original languages. I can give you the background of the books. I can tell you about the background of the characters. But that's not what Christ really wants. He wants me to become more like him. Right? And that's where I'm not really as comfortable. <laughs> because I know what it takes to move me from there to there. Amen? And that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, 14 of Galatians 4, you did not despise or loathe, but you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus himself. I was trying to imagine what this might look like. And there's all kinds of conjecture about what was wrong with Paul. Again, some people think he was recuperating from persecution. Other people think he may have even had malaria uh, there are people that think because of the language in chapter 4, that he had an eye issue. Some people think he had running eyes. Uh, if you imagine someone who's not doing well physically, and maybe it manifests itself right out there in front of you, in that culture, it would be easy to dismiss that spokesman. Why should I listen to you? You're a disaster, somebody might say. And in that culture, remember that it was both true in Jewish theology and in Gentile thought that if you were sick, if you were born with a congenital disease, like born with blindness, if you were disabled, if you were sick, leprous, you name it, you had displeased God or in the Gentile circles, the gods. Their curse was upon you and anybody associated with you. So if you're a Galatian, bopping around in the first century, why would you ever listen to this Jewish guy who's a disaster? He's sick. Doesn't that mean that God has looked 
looked upon him with disfavor? No. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Join Pastor Michael Lance for the next 633 event called Race, Injustice, and Critical Theory, using scripture to define humanity with guest Monique Dusan. We do hold the premise that critical race theory is not the way forward, but we also affirm that racism is still real. You know, so if you're someone who believes that all racism is a thing of the past because we had the civil rights era and we've, you know, done some work to overturn some laws, we will challenge that narrative as well. Come willing and open to learn and ask good questions because what we don't want to do is just, you know, tell people this is what you should think. We want to create a space where we are creating a framework, so to speak, where people can gather knowledge and then be able to think critically about these things for themselves as well. Race, Injustice, and Critical Theory Using Scripture to Define Humanity will be on Sunday, August 16th at 6.30 p.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. This free 633 event will also be live-streamed on YouTube on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship channel. Visit walkintruth.com and click on Church for more information and directions. That's walkintruth.com and click on Church. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. He wants me to become more like him, right? And that's where I'm not really as comfortable. <laughs> because I know what it takes to move me from there to there. Amen? And that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, 14 of Galatians 4, you did not despise or loathe, but you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus himself. I was trying to imagine what this might look like. And there's all kinds of conjecture about what was wrong with Paul. Again, some people think he was recuperating from persecution. Other people think he may have even had malaria uh, there are people that think because of the language in chapter 4 that he had an eye issue. Some people think he had running eyes. Uh, if you imagine someone who's not doing well physically and maybe it manifests itself right out there in front of you, in that culture it would be easy to dismiss that spokesman. Why should I listen to you? You're a disaster, somebody might say. And in that culture, remember, that it was both true in Jewish theology and in Gentile thought, that if you were sick, if you were born with a congenital disease, like born with blindness, if you were disabled, if you were sick, leprous, you name it, you had displeased God, or in the Gentile circles, the gods. Their curse was upon you, and anybody associated with you. So if you're a Galatian, bopping around in the first century, why would you ever listen to this Jewish guy who's a disaster? He's sick. Doesn't that mean that God has looked upon him with disfavor? No. In fact, Paul, in some ways, becomes a message of what the cross is. The gospel he preaches is counter-cultural. In fact, in Roman circles, people didn't even want to talk about crucifixion. You brought it up at a dinner party, they would shut you down. Don't talk about that. I don't want to hear about that. That's what they do to the worst of the worst. That'd be like being at a dinner party and, hey, why don't we talk about the electric chair for a while? You know what happens to those people in the electric chair? I mean, who would want to have that kind of dinner conversation? 
No, don't talk about that. And Paul's walking around and he becomes a metaphor, a picture, if you will, of the gospel. Of the suffering of the cross. When Paul came to Galatia, though, they treated him beautifully. Notice it says they received him as an angel of God that could be a messenger of God and even as Christ Jesus himself. They weren't repulsed. The temptation of Paul's trial would be to show scorn or disgust at the state of his body. It might be something like this. Your current condition is causing a trial for me. <laughs> you ever been around somebody and like, uh, can you keep your distance, man? You're sick, right? And in the ancient world, this language indicates, and it could be taken this way, that what they would do is if someone's sick, walked by, they would spit on the ground. And in spitting on the ground, it was supposed to keep the curse and even the demons perhaps associated with that person away from you. So they'd come by and you'd spit. <laughs> keep that away! Paul says you didn't do any of that. When Jesus looked at the man born blind in John 9, the disciples said, who sinned, him or his parents, that he was born this way? Jesus said, neither him or his parents sinned. This happened that the works of God might be manifest in this man. And when the story comes to its completion, the man says, one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. That story is about salvation. That story is about the man uh, picturing the blindness that happened in Israel. Jesus said, he who receives you receives me. He who receives me receives him who sent me. Some people have entertained angels, unaware. You ever look back to a moment when maybe someone unexpectedly, a source that you would not maybe consider authoritative to speak into your life, spoke a word, and you're like, hmm, I wonder if that could be from the Lord. I could have just dismissed that as, ah, uh, they don't know what they're talking about. But Paul says, you received me. Where then is the sense of blessing you had, 15 NIV? What happened to all your joy? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. This is why some scholars believe that Paul had an eye problem. Some take it all the way back to when Jesus was knocked down before, or when Saul was knocked down before Jesus and blinded for three days. Maybe that was an ongoing issue for him. We don't know for sure. But this group had lost their joy their sense of blessing. Do you know why? Because whenever you move from grace to law, you lose your joy. <laughs> Amen? Whenever you move from, imagine a group of people, and Paul begins to proclaim to them, you're saved by grace through faith. It's a gift. Praise the Lord. You received the Spirit by faith, not by keeping the law. It's by grace. You saw miracles in your life. And then someone comes into town and says, oh, no, 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 no. It's not by grace. You've got to do this, 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 and this. The joy tends to go away from people who get caught in cults and false movements. Very serious. You must walk into our building like you just ate a banana upside down. <laughs> There's no smoking around here. What are you laughing at? Right? You could be on the verge of disaster, brother. They show up on your doorstep with their magazines. It's the end of the world as we know it. But I feel fine. <laughs> Sorry. It's a song. Never mind. 
right? And it's just so serious and glum. I will tell you, we have some stories of people we know who move from grace to law, from the gospel of grace with its freedom and beauty to the law of you better do it this way or you're, uh, you know what, everybody's pretty much wrong except us. What? And all of a sudden, freedom is stripped away. For what? Well, you, you guys got to be circumcised. That would take away my joy. <laughs> Gentile. Say what? Can't eat bacon anymore. Devastated. <laughs> Galatians 5, 7, Paul says, You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Galatians 5, 8, This persuasion did not come from him who calls you, brethren, a little leaven leavens what? The whole lump of dough. What happened to you? Well, I'm now enlightened and I realize that that simple gospel of grace cannot be the way that people will get right with God. No, you, you've got to join our group and be baptized in our baptismal with our formula on the 31st day of the third month. Or, you know, I mean, it's that, that kind of stuff. And you, you begin to say, what are you talking about? Oh, well, we used to think well of you, brother, but now we know what a simpleton you are. <laughs> Galatians 4.16, Paul says, Have I therefore become your enemy by telling you the truth? You've been listening to Until Christ is Formed in You, part two on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 4.12-20. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on walkintruth.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And so you know, Pastor Michael Lance is the senior pastor here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. And we want to invite you to one of our Wednesday night or Sunday morning services here in person or live streamed on YouTube. Join Pastor Michael and the Living Truth Christian Fellowship family in worship and for an inspiring teaching in the Bible. You can find Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube and by going to walkintruth.com. Pastor Michael and all of us here on the Walk in Truth team would love it if you joined us. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a word. Well, if you're like me, I like pastors that don't pull any punches. You know what I'm saying? They, they, just, they just bring it straight. And I appreciate compassion. I need it. But I want truth, man, because I know what truth does. It sets me free. It changes me. And that's probably why you're listening to Walk in Truth, because that's really what we try to do is speak the truth in love. And maybe you've been struggling lately with how do I speak the truth in love and be honest with uh, a Christian friend that's sliding back or doesn't even seem to reflect Christ. What do I do? Well, you speak the truth in love and, and you start with your own walk and you start with your own example. But as Paul is direct, we have to remember he's so direct because he desires that these people get where they need to be. And so here's a good thought. Whenever you're going to bring a reproof to somebody, ask yourself, what is my motive right now? If my motive is love, then I think you're doing great. Pray, 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 and then go to them in love. But if your motive is questionable, if it's to make yourself look better, make yourself feel better, if it's, a, if it's about self at all, if it's about gossip, if it's about 
you know, coming down hard on somebody just for that purpose. Well, then, no, don't do that. But if your motive is love and, and look, if it's a little muddy to you, pray until your motive is love and then go to them and go to them in love so that they can be better. You know, we can all appreciate people who spoke truth to us, did it in such a way that it grabbed our attention. It was done gently, but we know it was for our good. Hey, speaking of truth, we are having our next 633 event this Sunday, August 16th. And it's also going to be live streamed on our YouTube channel. And you can search for Living Truth Christian Fellowship. Uh, Look on YouTube, Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, and you'll get to it that way. Or you can connect to it by going to walkintruth.com and clicking on the church tab. This event is called Race, Injustice, and the Gospel of Critical Theory. We have some special guests that are going to join us, and uh, it's going to be a very illuminating evening, one in which you can uh, you can come, you can watch on the live stream, and you can also ask questions when you download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Look for the red logo with the pillars, and you'll be able to ask a question that we will attempt to answer that evening after the presentation. That's our 633 event. August 16th, this coming Sunday night. And if you'd like to find out more, go to walkintruth.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 4, verses 12 through 20, called, Until Christ is Formed in You. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.